Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome everybody to Saturday Draft Live. Yes, we're back for another week. Some things may change, but the one thing that'll stay the same is that we'll always be here. I'm feeling glad I've been here since day one-ish for Saturday Draft Live. I'm joined by the other two men who are always here, Jack Graham and David Hoffman. Gentlemen, a fine Saturday to you. And a fine Saturday to you, Scott. And a mediocre Saturday to yourselves. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. And also, good morning to you. <laughs> I also, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. <laughs> Was it say did somebody uh, take a big honking crap at your cornflakes this morning, Jack? I had oh. chocolate Weetos, actually, so... Oh, that's, that that. that's you living life to the fullest right there. <laughs> you usually have a... You say you're going to have a big roll after this. I was going to say, I hope your bacon roll's shite now after that. <laughs> so actually, I'm having a... Uh, I'm going to have a bacon bagel. So I'm ah. a, wee, a wee toasted bagel with some bacon and cheese, you know. Spoken, sp- spoken like somebody who should be a part of the West End Country Club. Uh, I, I revoke everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a hipster now, Jack. Separate. <laughs> but over the next couple of weeks, we're going to try and have uh, some guests on the show we haven't done in a while. And we're going to be talking to everybody else, all the teams and the draft, asking them about their season, how they're getting on, how they think. Uh, they can improve and what they're hopeful for the rest of the season. And this week we want to start with the team that are currently in last place on the table. Uh, well, we have one half of the, the team because Drek couldn't be here because of uh, real-life circumstances, so that's perfectly understandable. So it's a good chance for his teammate to throw him under the bus for any mistakes made by their team. Uh, is uh, a grief. I mean, we've already discussed this on Central when David Campbell gave me a roast in. Um, but I, I will say in the altered words of my spirit animal Castiel is my drafting skills are rusty. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I haven't listened to that, but I'm sure we'll be getting into this very similar point later on uh, when we discuss your team. But we start Saturday Draft Live as we always do with the top three of the week. And I'll come to David Hockney first. A team that, thinking of David Campbell, a pick that you know David Campbell gets saying was a mistake to be picked as high as he was, but this was that make-or-break week to prove uh, him wrong. And with 16 points at number three, the new United States champion, Matt Riddle. Dave, I'm sure you feeling a bit smug now. Mm, I am feeling very smug, bro. Uh, but yeah, I just want to rub it in David Campbell's face. You know, he was uh, he said to me Matt Riddle was a poor pick uh, to be around three, but look at him now, he's sitting... Uh, currently in fifth place in the top 10 this season with 20 points overall, and 16 of those were just in the last week. Like Me and Robert's strategy going into this was saying Matt Riddle is, at one point or another, going to be winning the United States Championship, and he's going to be heavily featured on Raw, and now that all of a sudden that seems to be paying off. So yeah, I think we're, we're very happy in hindsight that we went with, with Matt Riddle, and he's, uh, he's starting to rack in the points. He's actually our second highest scorer, I believe, as well. So, I mean, actually, no. I stand corrected. He's at, he is our highest scorer uh, for so far. Mm-hmm. And he's also number five in the top ten overall of the season now after that win. He got the win at the Elimination Chamber for the title and then fought John Morrison in a non-title match 
the following night. And given that last the former champion seems to be moving on to uh, the WWE Championship, uh, I'm sure you're confident that, last, that Riddle will probably hold on to the title past WrestleMania. Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, I, I was worried that Keith Lee mightn't get involved somehow, but rumours are circulating that he's injured, so he might be missing some time. And I think if he continues the feud, maybe I think he's past the hurt business now, given that you know they've moved to the WWE title picture. Uh, but if, I think if he gets regular defenses against maybe like John Morrison and a few other up and comers, as long as he gets the exposure and the title defenses under his wing, uh, I'm pretty confident Matt Riddle's going to be a big scorer in our team going forward. I'll ask, uh, open this up to Jack and Sarah because there's talk about you know the Intercontinental title that'll be some sort of multi-man match because you got like Biggie, Apollo, Nakamura, and about that scene. Whereas the yeah, still doesn't always feel like a, a priority. Do you guys really see any big plans for Riddle in terms of like defending that title at WrestleMania? Um, no, no, I don't. But I think that's just more the state of what I find raw in the now than anything else. I don't know. I, I don't. I just. I just. I don't know. The only one I could maybe like potentially see is like ali or something like that i, I generally that's that's me even like scraping at the bottom of, bottom of the barrel for all to 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 muster that up but um i don't know it's just there's there's i think there's more more promise of a good intercontinental title defense than a united states one uh, yeah i mean it's, it's it is a bit of a weird one um because you you don't know what could or could not happen especially with the current state of the world right now, I mean, they could decide to have like a big plan and then they could track COVID and that just throws absolutely everything in the air. And so I, I, I honestly think we're just taking it week by week, by week just to sort of see um, if their plans go ahead. But I can, I can see it maybe being like a multi-man match towards WrestleMania, if not at WrestleMania. I was just wondering about the US deal because I think there's more likelihood of it getting on their card. Uh, because it's two nights this year once again. Then also you don't know if they're going to do the Andre Battle Royal this year because they didn't do uh, WrestleMania 36. Because if they did do it, then I'd I'd worry that Riddle would end up there. But you know, and it just seemed like the two most promising candidates for a US title defense may would be him v Lashley or him versus Keith Lee. But none of them seem possible because I said on the, the live stream I thought Riddle will win the title, not pin Lashley, and then set up that'll use that to get a rematch. I was half right, he didn't pin Lashley, but it was clearly because Lashley had bigger plans. Uh, and it involved the man who's in at number two, despite he, he won the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber, but despite losing the title shortly after that match and not appearing on Raw, he's still at number two with 21 points. Stuart McIntyre from uh, Gary and Grant's team, Men on a Mission. Uh, Zera, now, he was taking number one of all the singles picks. You and Track were picking number two. Now, these guys already got Reigns and part of the tag team pick. Were you guys kind of hoping that they would have picked, going into it, they would have picked one or the other and you could have got maybe McIntyre or Reigns if they picked one or the other? Or was Edge always going to be your first round pick? I mean, when we were looking at the discussion, like I've even, I even said this on Central, that I, like, I may have got lucky when I picked champions in the past, mm-hmm. but champions for me is always, it could be a hit or it could be a miss because... You could either have like the the straight straight run, or it could just blow up in everyone's faces, and it's like a wee turning point that nobody sees coming, which kind of what happened like with Drew. So that's why 
we did decide the edge was going it was going to be either edge or bianca belair and because we knew Mm. we were picking second um so we just sort of went right okay we'll go with we'll go with edge um just because being the royal rumble winner he's of course going to get featured especially in the lead up because until obviously he had determined his challenger he was going to be jumping across all the brands and so it seemed like a no-brainer to to pick edge Mm -hmm. and uh Dave and Jack, I look at uh, what's happened now with Drew's road to WrestleMania. You know, Bobby Lashley uh, and Gary and Grant's team as well, looking like he'll win the WWE Championship going into Mania. So, you know, Drew Mantar is the top scorer. He's the top scorer of the season overall at the minute. And now it's going to be Gary and Grant, one of their picks, going up against another for the WWE Championship. So it should be very, very interesting to see what happens with their team going into mm. WrestleMania. I think that's going to actually be more of a hindrance than a help because, you know, if both Lashley and Drew are on their teams, they're not going to gain or lose any points. They're kind of just going to stay stay idle with their, their points movement. But I suppose it's better to, to sort of stay idle than sort of lose points as a result because we know how much uh, losing a championship as a captain on a pay-per-view can cost them. And I think that's what set them back. But what saved Gary and Grant this week with Drew is that he actually got a couple of eliminations inside the chamber uh, and he re- and he did retain the title inside the chamber too, so that sort of elevated their points up. He just didn't gain as many when he he lost to the Miz afterwards. So, but you know, Drew's been a the number one scorer for the past few seasons. Now there was it was a no brainer for them to pick him as number one, uh, and I think he probably will regain the title at WrestleMania, given that they're anticipating to have fans at Raymond James Stadium for WrestleMania. So, mm-hmm. but I'm curious as to see what they'll do with Lashley going forward because that actually might you know, they'll sort of do a tic-tac-toe point scoring, you know, Lashley will score points and then Drew will score. You never know. I think, now that I've said it out loud, Gary and Grant might be onto something here with the the Lashley-Drew rivalry possibly going to Mania. I think it will. I think it will. Uh, I think that it's it's clear to see that uh, Gary is the ultimate heart business drafter. When uh, mm-hmm. the past the past two seasons of these took Bobby Lashley and MVPs as tag team and got Mania points there. Actually, get Bobby Lashley as a single pick this time round, and in my eyes, it's going to win the WWE title on Monday, or if it goes to Fastlane, he'll win it then. So I think that uh, it's going to be a very good point getter. I think there's way more positives and negatives of this for that team with uh, Drew and Bobby because they'll be they'll be featured together in the run up to Mania, no doubt. Obviously, Drew will win, and that will be our captain's points, but. I think that will still outweigh the points that would be lost for Lashley come that pay per view. So I think it's a, I think they've they've played this very very well, and I I commend Grant and Gary for this. The the men on a mission. <laughs> yeah, you're right there, Jack. In that, you know, they are going to be appearing together frequently in the lead up to WrestleMania. I know the the points from Lashley winning the WWE Championship as well will be big, and also them appearing together and saying they'll help roll in those appearance points, and they'll actually gain more. Than they would a little bit more than they would have lost, given that Drew is their captain and keeping the captaincy on Drew, I think, is very much the smart decision. Right now, they have no they have no point there showed any desire to change that, and nor should they. And the idea of a captain winning a championship match over another member of your team actually being a benefit also paid off for uh, the goat tones uh, this past week because despite Sasha Banks also being on their team or teaming up with uh, someone on your team, Dave Bianca Belair, they're the captains of the goat tones. Nia and Shane have retained the women's tag team titles at Olympic Chamber and they sit up at the top of the top three this week at uh, 26 points. The only uh, main roster team, but I do think they were the only real 
like I think they were the best option in terms of main roster tag teams, and that's really been proven evidence the last couple of weeks for them. Uh, it's quite surprising that nobody picked any other tag team champions. You know, the uh, the Hurt Business wasn't selected, Ziggler and Rude weren't picked, and you know, I'm pretty sure David Campbell picked Shane and Nia last season, but uh, as part of Purgatory. Uh, I mean, they did okay for him, but now I think, you know, Nia and Shayna have sort of settled into that role where, you know, they're a significantly strong tag team now to lead the, the women's tag team division. And they've got, like, they've had many tag matches together and they've had, and they've got a couple of title defenses coming up as well. You know, we've got the match against Dakota and Raquel on NXT this week. So, yeah, I think the Goat Tones have got uh, a real points getter with Nia and Shayna this, this season. And... You know, there was a chance, you know, any any of the three teams before them could have chosen. Like, me and Robert could have chosen them. Uh, and I'm almost starting to regret uh, not going for them as opposed to the Young Bucks. Because, and I think I was sort of favorably leaning more towards the Young Bucks than Nia and Shayna. I think we weren't as invested in them because we were anticipating they were going to split up at some point. But that doesn't seem to be the case now. So, I suppose that sense of hindsight and a little bit of investment from the Goat Tones has paid off massively for them. Well, I think the difference between how these, this team has fared for David this season opposed to last season is right in the middle of last season they lost the tag titles, only then getting them back right at the end, when by that point it was already kind of too late for, for Campbell, because he still had to invest in Bailey, but then she got eliminated in the Rumble. So, you know, but then they've been quite dominant here, like you said, a couple of defences here. They've got one coming up with uh, with uh, Raquel and Dakota, which I'm hopeful goes to Raquel in that way. Uh, I think the best only other team that would have been wise enough to go for in the main roster after them I think would have been Street Profits because I think it's inevitable they'll get the, uh, a tie team title shot against uh, Ziggler and Rude and regain their SmackDown title that seems to be the journey of the, um, with Sonya Deville not giving them their title shot uh, so do you think the fact that uh, a lot of people don't really tend to go for their women's tag titles it's kind of a thing it goes further shows how poorly booked those titles have been I mean, we all know how poorly booked the titles have been. Like, <clears throat> keep saying that it's going to get defended on every brand, but right now, yeah, they're exclusive to Raw, but you've not really seen them jump between the brands like they've really been meant to. But that just comes down to the the lack of people that they can p- put together as a tag team. Because, like, when you look at it, you had the first champions, Bailey and Sasha, yep, and then the second one being the Iconics. Like they, the Iconics were a proper tag team, not just two ones put together. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, I've never really been a fan of the women's tag team titles, just because it seems like a way just to get more women on the card, which that's never a bad thing. Don't get me wrong, but it they just seem like a it just seems like a a filler in a way. Like that'll be like the new toilet break match. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of sad to think, but in the past, like there have been people picking the women's tag champs. Had Gary was one of the first to do it, picking the, the then champs Kabuki Warriors. It didn't actually work out as well as he wanted to because Asuka started going to a singles program at the time, which meant very few like his actual tag points uh, for them. Then you had Grant, who then took then champs Alexa Bliss and. Uh, Nikki Cross, who actually did well for him for a while, but then as soon as they lost the titles, he wisely transferred them, which was a smart choice. And then we all know what happened when, uh, when David Campbell picked Bailey and Sasha, we won't beat that dead horse. 
we'll wait till he comes back on the show in a couple of weeks. Uh, but I think with what Nia and Shane are doing the last couple of weeks, they appeared on NXT to confront Raquel and Dukorka, and they'll be and having that title match next week. They appeared on SmackDown and lead up to the match that they had at Chamber. This is the most that these ones titles have moved between brands in, in some time, I think, since, since Baylor and Sasha had them back in the summer. Ah, this is the most that, that I've, I've ever seen the women's tag titles being used. I guess it's um, it is good to see. It's uh, David and uh, Ryan have played it played it very well. Obviously, like the, the the thing they would have saw is that they've got about like three or four number one contenders right now to the to the titles, which is a which is a good thing for them. And they seem to be beating them quite comfortably. Also, they've got their title defense on Wednesday, and then uh, they've got Lana and Naomi down the road as well. So it's um, uh, a very good get by the goat tones. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they're not featured on NXT as often because, you know, we've just had the Women's Dusty Cup and you see how many different possible female tag teams there are, but yet there don't seem to be any on Raw and SmackDown. So it's kind of ass backwards having those titles feature more on Raw and SmackDown as opposed to NXT. Yeah, I think part of the reason I wanted at least one member of uh, Dakota, Dakota or Raquel, because at one point I wanted them as a tag team. I mean, Steven's team, but we... We end up seeing Jeremy's and going with MSK, which also worked out. But part of the reason is because I think having them be the first winners of the Women's Dusty Cup, I think they want to make it seem like a big deal as they are going to make this an annual thing as well. And so by having the first winners actually getting a shot, actually successfully gaining the Women's titles and being the first NXT team uh, to win the titles, I think would be a big deal. And it does keep the titles interesting because, you know, they can then go between the brands. You know, they can defend them on NXT right before Mania against a team like, say, Candice and Indy Hartwell. But they can go to Raw against Nia and Shane. I may have a rematch with them at Mania because there's talk of a big uh, NXT presence at WrestleMania. You know, I know that it's Eric Amosale, but they still got Lana and Naomi. Like, WWE doesn't care about really paying off Lana. They had the thing where she pushed her through the table, but they didn't care about that because right before that, Nia did the whole whole thing and everyone immediately forgot about her and Lana. And then on SmackDown, you've got Natalia and Tamina seemingly being built up as a, a, a team, so then they could challenge for the titles. I actually think to help further actual interest in the women's side titles, actually, the best thing to do is have Raquel and Dakota win the titles. I'm not just saying that. Maybe 40% I'm saying that because they're on my team, or at least Raquel is. Speaking of teams, we're going to go into the top six of the season. Uh, Sarah, unfortunately, alongside Strack, uh, are in last place with 53 points. And then there's a 10-point leap to myself and Stephen, who are in fifth place, 63. Yes, we didn't have the best week because Charlotte wasn't really a factor. You know, uh, Wednesday, we only got real appearance points, and Biggie wasn't really on SmackDown. But we're also tied with Jack and Ross, the, the priesthood. Oh, oh, oh. But also with 63 <laughs> points. Then up another 10 with uh, David and Robert in at 73 mm-hmm. points. Obviously helped a lot by uh, Riddle, mm-hmm. uh, title win. Then up to 80 points with men on mission, Grant and Gary in second. So, you know, Drew losing the title, I think, hasn't uh, hindered them that much. They're still, still in the same way. I think Lashley appearing a lot on Raw would have helped as well. But as we said, their captains are number one of the week, so they're in number one, but not by that much, 86.5 points. So, you know, Gary and Grant are still right behind them. Uh, so the GOAT ones are in at number one. I'm sure they'll have a lot to say and when they appear in a couple of weeks on this show. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about, but before we get into Sarah's team and uh, some of her picks that she may or may not choose to, to play one track, given that he's not here, uh, David, would you like to take us into the top five of the Listeners League this week? 
Yes. Uh, before I go to the top five, I'll just say down at the bottom, uh, the very creative name of the listeners league, uh, Milk Lemonade Sexual Cl- Chocolate, Ross Brady, currently sitting at the bottom with 45 points. And then we have Gary Morris and Johnny Napier just above them, each on 47. So Quizzy Rascals and Rick Steiner's Mouser, not obviously not doing too well in this uh, season so far. So they're sort of down in the, the relegation zone, as it were. But the top five has actually had a bit of a shakeup because... Uh, Tom Brock of the with the Vahezograd Vanguards has now dropped out of the top five when it seemed like he was off to a flying start. And uh, also Colin Blackburn, who was down at the bottom of the table last week, has actually shot all the way back up to eighth place. So you never know. I think Colin might actually, you know, just break into the top five at some point or another. But he's had a, a really big leap in terms of points this week. So but Going to the top five, we have, in fifth place, we have Dan Wood with I Was Told to Draw a Wrestler, so I drew McIntyre. Still probably my favourite team name so far. Uh, Dan's been pretty sort of under the under the radar for quite a bit. So his team is is Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Alexa Bliss, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, and Tony Storm. As we mentioned, you know, Drew was uh, one of the big scorers this week, and I think that's what shot him uh, up to the table, and he's now... His uh, his captain, which is part of his team name, has now been included in the top five. So fair play to him. Uh, fourth place, we have Michael Clottier with uh, Broken in Half on 86 points. Now, Michael is, again, one of those uh, ones who is sort of in the middle, sort of lower part of the table. But now he's broken into the top five. Uh, again, down to having Drew McIntyre as his team captain. He also has Asuka, Damian Priest, Io Shirai, who, as we said last week, was very successful with a defense at TakeOver. And his last member is Darby Allen, who's getting heavily featured on AEW. So he's, uh, again, doing a, another well-rounded team as well. Next, third place, we have Billy Strachan from Scottish Wrestling Network with Billy's No Mates. Bit of a gap here, eight-point difference, up to 94 points uh, compared to Michael. So, again, a lot of mid-card guys, uh, mid-table guys, sort of breaking into the top five now following Elimination Chamber. Again, also, I'm seeing a, a pattern here. He also has Drew McIntyre as his team captain. And he also has Alexa Bliss, AJ Styles, who's actually who's scored uh, 11 points total so far. So a nice little booster towards the end. He also has Raquel Gonzalez, who, as we know, is in the women's tag title match. So he could be onto something here with, uh, with the coming weeks. And surprisingly, the last round peg of Adam Pierce is also boosting his team up with all these appearance points. So, you know, I think the, the Adam Pierce Sonya Deville final round pegs weren't, uh, weren't such a stupid idea after all. <laughs> Might put some ideas in for next season. Second place uh, from returning from last season, Alan Laurie has now broken into second with Peace and Jam. Now, we've uh, mentioned Alan's team quite a lot because uh, he's, um, he's been close to the top of the table, but now he's moved into second place, arguably down to... Drew McIntyre, you know, being as his captain. You see, this is this is where the, the trend started to sink in. Everybody so far has had Drew as their captain. Uh, also, Raquel Gonzalez, Sonia Deville, as were mentioned. And but he also has Bobby Lashley on his team. So he's in the same, same situation as Gary and Grant with the, the unfolding WWE title picture. So, I mean, he's quite a bit behind the number one, though, who who maintains first place this week. It's Ryan Dalgleish, the People's Representatives. And I'll give you guys one guess as to who his team captain is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is Drew. Yeah, so he's sitting at the top with 113 and a half points. So an almost 15 point gap between him and Allen at the minute. Uh, and I put that down to his tag team, who is Shayna and Naya, who were the top scorers this week. So Ryan is in a fantastic position at this minute. And Sonia Deville, you know, getting the appearance points from uh, from backstage and stuff. The only blip I see on his team is Bailey, 
who's been pretty quiet as of late this season. But, you know, Ryan's in an excellent position. He's got a lot of good scorers in the form of Finn Balor and Daniel Bryan, as well as his round two and three picks, respectively. And I was saying this to Jack before we went on, before we started the recording. We, Jack believes that Ryan is going to win the whole thing. Am I right, Jack? Oh, there's there's no question that uh, Ryan's going to win the, the full thing in my eyes. You know, he's a, a a great a great dear friend of mine, and not not only do I think he's going to win the the listeners league, the listeners of the listeners league. We have a wee group group chat and the old WhatsApp, and they all we all talk, and we all do things, and everyone wants to see Ryan Douglas win. You know, it's it's the it's the comeback mm-hmm. story of the ages. He was right right down bottom of the table last season. Look at him shining now. Just a little bit of guidance, mm-hmm. a little bit in the right direction. Look at him going. So Ryan Douglas. I'll see you next season, my friend. I'll see you next season. Yep, you're all behind him. You're behind start- him now. You were, you were flagging him rotten uh, when he was at the bottom. You're all behind him now. I think you just want him in the main season next season just so you can rip the piss out of him again. Scott, he is my friend. I can do what I want to my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He's, a, he's in a great position at the minute. Obviously, nine Shana getting the, the number of tag titles. Then Drew McIntyre could be, retaining, could be regaining the title at WrestleMania. Finn Balor is still the NXT champion. Although... I think Daniel Bryan, you know, while he gets heavily featured and gets plenty of matches, you know, he might end, he might not end up winning the big one, as it were. So, but you know, those regular appearances and regular matches might actually still be beneficial for him. So, I, I think you've made up a pretty bold prediction there, Jack. I think uh, Ryan has got to be the early favourite to win the Listeners League this season. Hmm. I think with uh, some of the people who are hoping to progress a little bit further, especially in the top five, so many people have Drew McIntyre. There's not going to be that much progression upwards for them because if so many people have Drew McIntyre, then they all get the same amount of points. And if they're relying on that, they're going to stay in the same position. So they're going to need to rely on like other members uh, of their team to like step up. Like Alan Laurie has likes of uh, Raquel Gonzalez and MSK, much like me. And even so, like one of them winning their Dusty Cup uh, opportunity would be a big help for him. I'm surprised, like, like you, that friend of uh, several members of this pod, Tom Brock, is no longer in the top five, but given that next week we have Revolution and he's got Kenny Omega and Darby Allen on his team, I think big wins for those two would help push him back into the top five. But speaking of Revolution, we've got MJF and Jericho, who have been a couple of different people's uh, tie teams. And uh, they are your tie team, Sarah, going into the season. How confident are you in track about MJF and Jericho's chances? Because me and Stephen, we were uh, were thinking about taking them at one point. But uh, you guys got in there before us. Oh well, it's nice to know that we we you know stole your tag team or stole like one of your choices at least. Um, well, to be, <laughs> to be fair, MSK proved to be a better option in the end. Uh, right. Well, you you can't you can't really go wrong. I mean, because AW does face like sort of bring itself around the inner circle quite often, um, and the whole you know what's MJF really up to. It's like the big question, but I don't know, like, a part of me kind of does wish I chose a different tag team, because it, 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 I'm not going to lie, that was my idea for the tag team. I was like, nah, I want them. Um, because for some reason, you know, appearance points, just because you, you don't even have to take them in a match, like they're always going to be featured on a show. Um um, like we all knew that they were going to be winning that battle royal. Um, so yeah, it's it's really really hard to say why I picked them. I mean, I think they're like I think they're hilarious, but I do kind of regret it. 
anyway. Mm. Um, just simply because I'm sitting thinking there's a possibility that the Young Bucks could be going into a rivalry uh, with the Good Brothers um, because they keep appearing on AEW. So I don't know. Part of me thinks I'm just like, yeah, this is not going to go well. But I think it was more, at least we've got the appearance points that we're always going to get to have MJF and Jericho kicking around. Well, there's an argument to be made that, you know, Bucks v the Good Brothers doesn't really need the AEW tag titles because you no, know, the Good Brothers are themselves tag team champions. Mm-hmm. At a minute or later, you need to have tag titles online. It can be just a, a kind of a grudge feud. But I did think going into the season that you know this whole progression of the story with MJF and Jericho, where like, they won that that three way tie to be like the, the tie team of the inner circle, and given that uh, the most of their points like in the last couple of seasons, even though they weren't drafted. Yeah, they appeared a lot on Dark, and if Dark wasn't going to be included, then the main AEW tag team would be the Ember Bucks. And to help progress their story, I think there's that they should maybe win the tag titles, but I'll go over to you, Dave. You've got the, the Young Bucks, so why, do, why yes. were you like, wanting to pick the Young Bucks potentially over uh, MJF and Jericho? Well, we couldn't really pick MJF and Jericho because obviously Sarah and Strack were ahead of us, but me and Robert, we decided to play it safe with tag teams in the grand scheme of things. You know, we could have taken a punt on Nia and Shayna and that would have been a bit of a massive payoff for us. But we reckon that, you know, the Young Bucks had a tag team title match coming up at AEW Revolution. We were trying to think ahead in terms of pay-per-view appearances and stuff. And we know how heavily featured the Young Bucks are on on TV. So, I mean, uh, all things considered, you know, it's been a bit of a slow burner for them. But I think after AEW Revolution, we think they're going to be featured a lot more. So, And that's kind of the the whole basis of our team is that we're a, a slow burner team. Like, obviously, Bianca Belair was our first-round pick, but she's only scored the same number of points as the Young Bucks, both on seven. Matt Riddle is still our highest, with Io Shirai just behind uh, on 19 points. Uh, but yeah, we, we were just looking at this in terms of hindsight. We we were we always said the Young Bucks were going to be our first choice because it was a safe, uh, a safe bet and something you know we could rely on multiple appearances and a couple of big wins as tag team champions. So, Sarah, let's see... Going to Revolution next week, if MJF and Jericho don't win the, the tag team titles, uh, do you think it may be that your best hope for not finishing in the season in last place maybe then falls to Edge, potentially winning the title at WrestleMania? I mean, I always knew, like, see when, see when I was like looking at my team as a whole, like mine and Strax team, I was like, yeah. Yeah, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially because, like, well, the first week, Newstrack got off to a really, really good start. And then after that, we dropped straight to the bottom of the table. Um, I, I, I know exactly why we have dropped to the bottom of the table because it's like, I will go back and say that my, my drafting skills are rusty. I've not been here since, what, the end of season two. Um, so it's it's. Yeah, <laughs> so I think I it's more. I think like if MJF and Jericho don't win the tag titles, at least then we're still gonna get some points in terms of inner circle, um, either vignettes, backstage interviews, like like that sort of stuff, or even just mm-hmm. appearing. Um, I think I think the fact that they are just very heavily featured. And it seems that AEW is going to get built around MJF in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, that it seems it doesn't seem like the most stupid pick, but yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit on uh, the edge. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, looking at it, yeah, they will appear quite frequently on the show, even if they, even if they don't win the titles. I do, I do believe season three was your last season because I remember you took Jericho before I could get him because he just won the AEW title and I was yeah. quite angry at the time. Well, with all fairness, like the last time that I was here, I had first round pick because I finished second last in season one, but Kwaku then dropped out. So technically, I got first pick in season two. Yeah. Um, so like that's why I had the I had like the pick of the bunch, and of course, I was going to pick Jericho. <laughs> yeah, um, I think also well, the year being in the track, you know, it was all by fate. You know, the wheel, you know, is the ultimate judge of who goes with who. And also, Strack is still fairly new this season now and joined uh, last season. And yeah, you've been out in a while, so you, you've been out for a little while. So there was a bit of an uphill uh, struggle. You were, you were kind of underdogs, I think, going into this season. And going into another aspect of your team, you've been hailed as the, on this podcast, kind of like the advocate for women's wrestling. Always talk about wanting to see better booking for the women and across AEW and WWE. So I'm surprised that also you said you were Teen Edge and Bianca that you didn't choose to go for uh, Bianca Belair because I think she uh, is more likely to uh, to win her title shot at WrestleMania. But also because the the two female picks that you've chosen are Lana <laughs> and as a second round pick <laughs> when 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 Kenny Omega was still available, Britt Baker. <laughs> Who's yes. on a total of zero <laughs> points. And by the what? way, lost, out of the World Women's Title Eliminator, <laughs> you lost to Ala Rose this week. Sarah, in the words of the immortal uh, Terry Jeffords from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, why? <laughs> right, hear me out. Okay, hear me out. See when um, the idea of drafting Brit. I completely forgot that Dark was not being featured this year. Right, I completely <laughs> forgot. Not gonna lie, I totally forgot. Right, and I thought in my mind that picking Brit, I, I was just like, we need a female. But all the like decent enough females have been taken. I was like, you know what, Brit's due like a big title shot soon. Like she's the most improved. She's getting featured more on TV. Like, no matter what, you're going to have the waiting room. I completely forgot that Dark was not being featured. Not, I'm not going to lie. All right, that is all on me for picking Brit. In the terms of not picking Bianca, I will throw Shaq under the bus. He wanted Edge over Bianca, right? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give him Edge. He wants Edge. I'll give him Edge, right? Because I was just like, right, if we can't get Edge, we'll get Bianca. If we can't get Bianca, we'll get Edge. I was like, either one of the two, depending on who gets picked. And he was just like, no, I want Edge. So I was like, right, no, that, that's completely fine, right? Royal Rumble winner. He's, he's going to be featured quite a lot. I mean, I wasn't thinking too far ahead. <laughs> I was just sort of thinking, yeah, eh, okay. But um, yeah, picking Britt Baker in the second round, that was all on me. That was all of me. I am not going to. Den- I am not going to pass the blame. I am not going to deny anything. I am going to go back and kind of quote Castiel, say my drafting skills are rusty because like, I've been out for a while. I completely forgot how things go, <laughs> and yeah, I thought that Brett was in line for something bigger, 
than what she was getting. Like I was completely convinced that she was going to be the one to challenge Hikaru Shida at Revolution. I was completely convinced um, because just because she is like the mo- she's been the most improved like since since her multiple injuries over the COVID era. So that w- that was my thinking. But my also thinking was we need a female, right? Because Strack really was just pushing for so many males. And see, when it came to the last round, he was like, I want this person. I was like, yeah, we need a female. I was like, we've already picked all the males. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that was really it. And then my my choice for, for Lana, I was just like, you know what? There was the whole idea of originally wanting to build the SmackDown women's division around her. I saw that that might be happening for Raw, especially because, like, she keeps getting put through the table week after week from now. I was like, she's due to get a comeuppance at some point, like, either a lucky win or she's she's going to outsmart her somehow or just by sheer, you know, luck. And with all fairness, that has happened a couple of times. Like, she's she's getting wins with Naomi as part of a tag team, which... I'm not going to say no to Lana getting wins. I think it was just more the fact that she was sort of in a way getting that whole bullied and being the underdog that they were going to give her a little bit of a push, which with all fairness, she's done better than Britt Baker. So, I mean, I'm not saying Britt Baker shouldn't have been picked yeah, in terms of like giving the equal spot, you know, the three two split of males to females on a team. We've emphasised that, mm-hmm. the importance of that. All right, and the selection process. It's just that, yeah, she was probably a favourite, and I'm surprised myself that she uh, she went out at the stage she did in this this tournament. Because now I'm questioning who actually is going to face who carries she that revolution. Now, it's just the fact that round two, two, I, I don't even think going into her being the favourite justified that, or just the fact she was a female. We, again, so many people. Lacey I, Evans would have been a better. Like, overall, actually, looking at it. In hindsight, no, he In wouldn't hindsight. have been. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm going to fully admit that I panicked. Because I was like, Charlotte was getting uh, like Charlotte was getting drafted, and Neil Shirai was getting drafted, and I was like, we need Neil a Shirai female. was a round four pick. Like, yeah, well, yeah. I remember. I was, Mercedes we Martinez. Mercedes Martinez. With all fairness, she was, Mercedes Martinez was one that I wanted. I actually did want her. Um... At some point, but I just I panicked. I'm not gonna deny it, and I'm gonna like I will happily, happily take a roasting because I know how stupid I've been. It's not like I'm gonna go and take offense and go. Nah, I I, I was very very confident. They fucked me over. It's a conspiracy. Blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah. I'm it's like I I've, I'm gonna admit that I did a bad one. I fucked up. I did a doo doo. <laughs> no, we've Bailey, all been there. Bailey, we've all been there. Was, like, Bailey was picked in round four. Alexa Bliss was still available. <laughs> well, uh, see, Rhea Alexa, Ripley, Alexa, Alexa Rhea Bliss was another time. one that we were considering. It was like, nah, she's not getting heavily featured. Rhea Ripley completely forgot about her. Um, like, <laughs> and I shouldn't be forgetting about well, it. I sound like such a bad advocate for women's wrestling right well, now. <laughs> in, all, in all fairness, at time of recording, Britt Baker has the same amount of points as Rhea Ripley right now. Zero. Dave, and, Dave, 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 Dave. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and, and just a word to the goat tone itself. They should be. The goat tones can't exactly be bragging about their second round pick as well. Alexa Bless, who only has three points. 
So I think there's a mine. <laughs> and Grant Gary, Gary's pick, uh, second round pick, Asuka, five points. Like, yeah, we've all made zero, Dave. We've all made. We've all I, made mistakes with the second round pick here, it seems. Can 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 see see if I finish last this season, do I get to pick first next season? Uh, no. It's 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 one I think that will come to a discussion near the end, because <laughs> obviously uh, there's two of you. So maybe maybe there'll be maybe there'll be a, a another another edition of the wheel where we, we spend between just you and Strack if you... Oh, I'm not saying they're going to come last. You know, I'm not, nah. not saying they're going to yeah. come last. But I think if you do come last, it's the whole thing. The only, that rule applies only to, to Purgatory, unfortunately, and it's the, the person who wins the season uh, has to draft last. It's not if the person who comes in last has to go first. That's all randomised. Well, well, there goes my idea of this could have been like a an ease myself back in. Um, <laughs> like there could be so many excuses that I'm not going to make excuses I'm going to hold my hands up and say yep I could have picked Kenny Omega I don't know why I didn't pick Kenny Omega um, I mean, hell, Strack- Cody would have been better Shaq yeah, would have I mean, been better I mean Strack seems like a big like, fan of AEW he had a very heavily AEW team last season I think yeah that kind of hindered him actually a lot in the end but like still you would have thought he would have been looking at AEW and thought Kenny Omega or someone like Cody. So I do agree share some blame in this. And talk about Rhea Ripley. It does feel like I've been told that vignette this week that we forgot about her or not. Uh, sorry, sorry, Jack. I can suck. It's all right. You know, sometimes sometimes you just get shafted and that's that's just a, a, a fact of life, as one L.A. Knight would say. Yeah. <laughs> talk about some of the the third and fourth round picks you've got here. There, you got Seth Rollins who made his uh, return this a couple of weeks ago, and you got AJ Styles who, yeah, did suffer like the final loss in the chamber to help Drew win. I do think those guys, in terms of consistency on their respective brands and terms of appearance, they are going to be a strong pick because uh, they're both going to feature heavily. I think at WrestleMania, I would actually go as far as say we were talking about Matt Riddle earlier. I would actually mind seeing AJ v Riddle at WrestleMania for the US title. Well, I'm gonna completely admit Seth Rollins was um, Strack's pick. He wanted he wanted Seth Rollins. I was like, you know what? He's made a return. It's Seth. It's Seth freaking Rollins. You can't go wrong in picking him. And AJ was one that we definitely both say- we agreed to. Yeah, Dave. Mm, I was just gonna say, Io Shirai was still available at that point, and she's currently the highest fourth round pick so far. Nee, 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 nee. <laughs> <laughs> nee, nee, nee. But yeah. So I'm gonna hold my hands up and say that like Lana was all me, Rip Baker was all me, MJF and Jericho was me, and then the the the, the two sort of somewhat decent picks uh, came from Strack because we both admit that we don't tend to watch WWE as often. Like we both tend to watch AW and NXT. I mean, if Impact had been featured, hell, I would have like I probably would have like picked a whole bunch of Impact people, <laughs> especially because you know the Forbidden Door has been opened. <laughs> hell, my yeah. tag team, my tag team would have been the Good Brothers then. That would have been my tag team. <laughs> that would have been a strong team. You know, we're not saying anything bad about uh, MJF and Jericho because I think I'm, I'm all I'm really saying is like it's still got a week left. Still got a week to really like prove because I think Revolution is one of those like make or break things. Kind of like Riddle got proven to be a smart pick by Chamber 
what the outcome of that tag title match will prove how good of a pick MJF and, and Jericho ultimately were. I mean, Edge is a smart pick, you know, for a friend. I'm just saying I'm surprised, you know, between the two, like, for uh, Romo when he went with him, because he actually has been more full-time than he has this time last year, mm-hmm. and there's always the possibility of the whole comeback, so we'll pay off with a, a big WrestleMania title win, and you guys putting the captaincy on him, I actually think was a smart idea. I mean, I don't think there was anyone else that we can really put the captaincy on. And also the fact that I was really, really close to drafting Christian and Shrek had to, you know, reel me in and tell me, no, mm. you're not getting Christian as much as I would want Christian. <laughs> I mean, that, um, that doesn't appear to be far in the end. I mean, have we seen him since the Rumble? No, we haven't. Yep. <laughs> but you, then you, can't like, let, you, can't, you can't let emotions overtake your, uh, your draft choices. You've got to be analytical. Yep. You've got to strategize. Yeah, that's that's like because we all know me. I'm a bit of a loose cannon sometimes, and I'm a bit you know eccentric and wild, especially when it comes to you know going off on a rant or if I get an idea in my head and I just seem to go with it. I'm like away with the fairies half the time. So yeah, like when it comes when it comes to <laughs> like waiting for revolution, it's it's unless Britt Baker like attacks a Karashida after the match, then. Um, you know, I, 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 it's a definite make or break, and I don't know what's going to happen because now I don't know what wrestling is anymore. Nobody knows. We're all still <laughs> trying to figure out what wrestling is, but Seth, I think, given that he returned at the Rumble, was a smart pick, even though it took him a couple weeks to actually make his return fully uh, to SmackDown because uh, Dan Dave, our, our stats man, will back us up here. He, for a while, was the top like overall draft. Like performer mm-hmm. for a while until he went away, and like Bailey kind of overtook him. Yeah, like I remember in season three as well, he was the the second highest scorer just behind Roman Reigns. So I mean, Seth Rollins is a reliable choice, but you know he's sort of been toned down in the last sort of year or so, and he's been away for a few months, obviously because he's just had a just had a kid now. Uh, he's definitely taking a much more sort of laid back approach uh, to sort of being on SmackDown, whereas you know other talents getting more more of a spotlight. Uh, even like and, and the proofs and the points, like Shinsuke Nakamura, who's a fourth round pick, didn't seem a very wise choice uh, ahead of like Cesaro and stuff. He has five points. Seth Rollins only has three, so it's uh, it actually shows that Seth Rollins statistically is actually a lower scorer than Shinsuke Nakamura this season. Me 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 me. Nakamura's on Ross and Jack's team, Sarah. What are you on about? I'm just saying, me, 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 me. There, Dave, you can't play nice together. None of you get to draft. <laughs> I, so help me, I will turn this podcast around and there'll be no season, <laughs> be no season eight for anybody. Me, 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 me. That's it. Back to Winnipeg. <laughs> Uh, I think it's official. We've all lost the plot. I think I've run out of uh, we've run out of things to put uh, decisions to rub in Sarah's face. So, well, I think we'll have to leave it there and hope for a good performance from MGF Terco at Revolution, and also hope for bigger things for for Edge <coughs> and the Road. Yes, the Young Bucks are defending against them as well. So let's hope they they get a win as well. Yes, they can both win. We can talk more about you and the Bucks next time when we when we do our our you know because we're recording right before Revolution and we'll be talking about who stands the game from it. But you know, Sarah and Zach need the points right now; they're in last place. 
show some compassion for your fellow drafters, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Anyway, so after all the uh, poor decisions that we reminded of, I want to still thank Sarah for uh, agreeing to come on today. Like I said, I'm going to hold my hands up, and if anyone else wants to roast me, I will gladly take it because, well, I'm not a snowflake and I can admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> <laughs> and I want to thank the guy who very much wants me to remind you the Young Bucks are on his team and they are defending the Titan Tales of Revolution, David Hockney. Thank you. And the guy who definitely is still a smart decision to uh, to draft you up with a still team for you, Jack Graham. I, I don't 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 you worry yourself about my team, Scott. I'll I'll keep the worrying of that to myself. Thank you very much. But yes, thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, you're here every week, so we had to have you in the contract. <laughs> and I am a man who still has big E as his his captain on side, Stephen, because. He wasn't on this week, but I'm still confident. You know, I'm still not losing hope, even though we've fallen in a couple of places. I've been Scott McLeod, your usual host. We'll be back next week with, uh, you know, the final, with our usual like roundup of everything going on this season. We'll be looking ahead to Revolution, who's done the game the most of that, other than Dave and Sarah. And we'll be looking, and hopefully next week we'll hope to have now the new Aces our champion Derek Kevin on this show because you know, conveniently wasn't able to. Uh, Conveniently wasn't able to be on this show because he has a family to think about. How selfish can you be, honestly? Some people, you know, I've got a title shot to think about. You don't hear me going on about it. But until next time, with all our usual drafting and all our usual nonsense, well, thank you for listening to us. Remember to follow us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, all good Android podcast sites. Follow us on social media at Suplex Retreat, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And Keep up with our community page, everything we've got going on. We've got East Star Central, where Sarah also had to defend our decisions against one David Campbell. We have our feature shows coming up in the next couple weeks. We've got an episode on Go. We've got a feature show a couple of weeks about uh, Sarah's Captain uh, Edge, hosted by our own Jack Graham. We've got all sorts. We've even got a show on the final year of WCW coming up. It's quite a showdown coming up soon on our YouTube channel. I believe the semis of Bicket. Just happened with Sarah's partner strike going up against my partner Stephen Wilson to see who got in the face and David Hawk to end the book at finals. All sorts are going on with showdowns, I said, and just stay tuned for everything because we've got so much happening. East meets West, we've got a new episode in a couple of couple of days' time. So, you know, keep a look out for that. And I think that's everything. So we'll just say a happy Saturday to everyone and thanks for listening. <laughs>